Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Corinthians. Today is episode 475. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Let's read our passage. Now we have this treasure in clay jars, so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body, so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that Jesus' life may also be displayed in our mortal flesh. So then death is at work in us, but life in you. This is Second Corinthians. This is Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. It's a letter he's sending from Macedonia with Titus because Titus has just returned to Paul from Corinth because he carried a tearful letter down there, which was a result of his earlier visit. And there was a lot of opposition. And Paul sent this tearful letter challenging them on their, on their behavior, how they all either aligned with those who were opposing Paul or just stood by and didn't do anything. Titus has reported that things went well, that it seems the majority of the church is aligned with Paul now. And the reason for this letter is to try and reach that remaining group. There's also some things we figure out from this letter. There seems to be some people who've shown up at Corinth causing trouble. We call them Judaizers. We talked about them in Galatians. This is a group of people who claim to be followers of Christ and are still Jews. There's nothing wrong with that, but they're teaching that you must become a Jew in order to be a Christian. And so Paul's been talking about the old covenant versus the new covenant, that these people are proclaiming the old covenant, which has been superseded by the new covenant, faith in Christ. Paul's been talking about his ministry. And that's why he's really focusing on here in this section today, verses 7 through 12, chapter 4. He begins in verse 7. Now, we have this treasure in clay jars. Well, let's get some definitions going on now. Now, we have this treasure. Who is he referring to? Well, he's referring to himself and his other apostles. That is, his group of people who are doing the, the ministry that Paul is doing. That's who he's referring to. Now, can we say, well, we all have this treasure in the clay jars. Yeah, it would be a, a, an okay thing for us to say that. But that's not what Paul is saying. Paul's not saying every follower of Christ carries this treasure in a clay jar. What he's saying is we, that is me, Paul, and my co-workers here, we carry have this treasure in clay jars. Now, what treasure is he talking about? He was just contrasting the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, and summed up in verse 6 that uh, really talking about the, the light of the knowledge of God's glory. That's this treasure. You say it's the knowledge or the light of the knowledge, but it's the gospel message. That's the treasure in clay jars. Now, clay jars, he's referring to himself physically, but a clay jar is nothing special. Clay jar, something you put water in. It's something that is, well, it's fragile, it's ordinary, it's expendable, it's inferior. 
There's nothing special about it. And if it gets busted, oh well. And it's easy to break because of its fragility. So he compares himself, his co-workers, to clay jars, but carrying a treasure so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. And by us, he means Paul and his co-workers. So Paul, the clay jar, the treasure is the gospel and this extraordinary power. Well, the power of the gospel, salvation, that's an incredible power to save people from condemnation, save people from eternity in hell, make people, give them eternal life and children of God destined for heaven. That's the power of the gospel. So this extraordinary power, he says, the whole point of this is why are we so messed up? Why do we suffer is really the question. And Paul's highlighting his sufferings that Paul doesn't have it easy. You know, yeah, Paul says, I'm an apostle. But that doesn't mean he lives in a, an apostle's palace with a bunch of servants to take care of his every need. And he just comes out on the balcony and waves to the people every now and then. He's no, we're suffering. We're, we're always on death's doorstep. We are always in trouble. And the whole reason is because we're clay jars. And that makes it clear that what's going on here, that's not us. We're nothing special about us. That is from God. Then in verses 8 and 9, he has this uh, kind of a litany here of, of problems. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Now, some of that's the words to a song, but this is Paul speaking of his suffering. And he's included his co-workers, Silas and Timothy and Titus. This is their lot in life. Life is hard. We're afflicted in every way. We're perplexed. We're persecuted. We're struck down. They go through a lot of hard stuff. And so he's highlighting his sufferings. But then with each one of these, he highlights God's salvation, God's provision, God's protection. So we're afflicted in every way. But we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. So bad things happen to us, but God gets us through it. And it goes back to what he mentioned in verse 7 here. We want to make sure that it's seen that God's the one doing the stuff here, not us. We want to just be seen as clay jars. What we want to see is the extraordinary power of God. We want to see the treasure, which is the gospel. When he goes on, verse 10, we always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. Or what's he talking about here? We carry the death of Jesus. Well, I think here he's talking about the suffering. Jesus suffered tremendously and died so that people could experience salvation through faith in what he has done. So, Paul saying, yeah, we kind of follow his example. We're, we're always on the verge of death. We're always on the verge of being killed. We're always on the verge of something terrible. And the reason, so that the life of Jesus may be displayed in our bodies. So we suffer so that it can be seen in our lives, God's mercy, God's hand in our lives. Verse 11. 
for we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that Jesus' life may also be displayed in our mortal flesh. Basically, the same message as the previous verse, where we suffer. We're always on death's doorstep. There's always something terrible about to happen to us, so that life may be displayed, so that people can see the life of Jesus in our lives, so that the gospel can go out based on what we do. And he wraps up verse 12 here. So then death is at work in us, but life in you. So the death at work in us, he's talking about their sufferings. And, and remember, the background is he's trying to explain his ministry and why he doesn't match the model of what they think an apostle ought to be. He says, as apostles, we're not really special. We are suffering. We're always on the verge of being annihilated. But God allows this so that his power can be displayed through us, so the gospel can be proclaimed by us. And so death is at work in us, meaning we're always suffering. But life in you, that is, death's at work in us as we proclaim the gospel, so that we can proclaim the gospel. And people can follow the gospel and respond to the gospel because they see it in our lives. So death's at work in us, but life in you, meaning they are the ones who were the recipients of the gospel. They heard the gospel and responded to the gospel. Paul's talking about his ministry here, why he doesn't match what they think an apostle ought to be. And he says, because the whole point is so that we don't look special. You're wanting a spot, an apostle to be a, a Superman kind of guy. No, that's not what God uses. God doesn't use Superman. God uses ordinary people so that there's no confusion because if Paul was a Superman kind of guy, people would be worshiping him. And he's just the mouthpiece for God, proclaiming the gospel. And through the gospel, people can connect with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what the attention needs to be on. God, through faith in Jesus Christ, not the apostle. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 2 Corinthians.